0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Women's Cast. I'm your host, Allison Mesker. I serve as the Central Women's Ministry Director here at the Austin Stone, and I'm so glad you're joining us again for this four-episode miniseries that we're calling The Road to Refuge. Our theme for this year's Women's Retreat is Refuge, and it's our hope that these conversations will help all of us consider and really practically live in light of the refuge we have in Jesus. Our refuge isn't just provided by Jesus, it's actually in him, but we face a lot of threats to seeking refuge in him. In episode one, we talked about lies and how we have to seek refuge in Jesus by being in his word in order to access truth, to combat the lies that the world tells us and the ones we tell ourselves. This week, we're going to talk about distraction, which, spoiler alert, is really a conversation about the spiritual discipline of prayer. So how are these two things, distraction and prayer, related? Well, because our refuge isn't a place, it's a person, our faith is in the context of a relationship, and healthy relationships require honesty and proximity. You put those together, and that means they require intimacy. Intimacy allows us to express our joy and sorrow, request help, ask for needs to be met, and simply enjoy the presence of another. The list goes on and on but one of the greatest threats to intimacy is distraction because if you can't be honest and present, you can't be intimate. If you're not paying attention, if you're not present, intimacy won't happen. Consider the couple that goes out to dinner only to sit across the table from each other scrolling on their phones, or the good friends that can't find time to truly catch up one-on-one because work overflows into their schedules. Healthy relationships require our attention in order to foster intimacy. And we have to fight a lot of distraction to have that in any relationship, especially our relationship with Jesus, which we can not only be distracted from, but there are real spiritual forces desiring to keep us from him. So the constant distraction and temptation to tune into other places means that we have to be incredibly intentional about seeking the person of Christ and quieting our souls before him. We have to get alone with him regularly through the spiritual discipline of prayer. A couple of things to consider before we jump in to discuss. First, Jesus himself sought the Father in prayer. It's mentioned in every gospel multiple times. Mark 1.35 says, In the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And then, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. He says, when you pray, say this. And then beyond the Gospels, we see many commands, encouragements, and instructions in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Paul urges us in 1 Timothy to give supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving on behalf of all people. And then in Mark eleven twenty four. We're told, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay, so enough of me just talking. Let me introduce you to the best part of the conversation. I'm sitting here with two friends and co-labors in ministry, Julie Katulik and Christine Hoover. Guys, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey,
2: Hey, I'm glad to be here.
1: All right, Julie, tell everybody about yourself a little bit. I am Julie Katulik. I serve as our Central Women's Program Coordinator. I've been on staff for three years this week. That's right. Did you realize that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. I'm single. I live in the Mueller area. I attend downtown. I'm a dog mom. I currently have some of my favorite things. More than one revolve around fire. That's Um, I got a pizza oven for my 30th birthday and a solo stove. And it's made me do a lot of processing around, I think, fire facilitates community in a really beautiful way I agree and so with you. i'm here for it yeah and i will preach about it all day
2: <laughs> i totally agree with you well i'm christine i'm at northwest i'm i've been on staff for two weeks yeah. <laughs> as of this recording <laughs> yeah so my husband and i just moved here to austin in august he is the new executive pastor at northwest so we're serving on staff together For the the first time. For the first time. Stay tuned. We have three boys who are 19, 17, and almost 15. And. I like fire too.
1: I guess I'll do that. You should come over and hang around my solo stove. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: we we got a solo stove. Someone gave
0: us one last Ooh,
2: year. Oh, that's and it's a nice gift. Amazing
0: yeah. because you can sit around and there's no no smoke, smoke that comes out. I know smoke. it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here, especially Christine. I know it's your second week, but in in some ways, because of some different team rhythms, it's like your second day here. So exactly. This right. Is, yeah. We're, we're really just diving right in. Yeah. yeah. Right I'm getting to, get to you know in. everyone as we're sitting around podcast recording yeah that's Mm -hmm. right and we're gonna jump into like some real things some ways no better way to get to know people than to talk about real things yeah right like we could spend a lot of time just doing the the hallway chit chat kind of stuff but this is where it gets real Mm -hmm. so we're happy to to do that with you okay before we jump into questions just want to make it abundantly clear that uh, the reason i asked christine and julie to join into this conversation isn't because they both spent three hours in prayer this morning
1: I want to make sure I'm, I'm
0: telling the truth. Um, we are all three of us here discussing distraction and prayer because we are desperately distracted and prayer is hard and sweet and necessary for all of us. We haven't arrived. And so, yeah, we're going to sit around and share the tips and tricks and the, the victories and the sweetness. And we're also going to talk about the realities of Uh, where and how this is hard and and where we struggle in it because we are we are fighting for faith with the women listening but also with each other so that that's the context of of any advice you hear or anything else that's shared is that we are we are in this process of pursuing jesus through prayer with you guys so let's jump in um you heard the introduction you heard me talk a little bit about the need for prayer in order to fight distraction Think about just that barrier at baseline. When you think about being distracted, how does that sit with you? Does that resonate? Does that feel real? It feels very real to
2: almost a painful amount. I definitely, distraction is the hindrance specifically to prayer. It's not necessarily the hindrance for me with Bible study or, Mm. you know, uh, the Sabbath or things like that, but it's specifically prayer. So I love that you are combining, that we're combining that. Because I find with prayer, the distraction for me is my mental to-do list and intrusive thoughts. Mm. And so immediately I'm off in a different—I'm going down a different path than sitting with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm now thinking about what I need to take care of for my kids— or what I need to get at the grocery store. I mean, stuff that doesn't matter necessarily sometimes, but my mind is off. Mm-hmm. And so it takes away from that intimate relationship
0: with Jesus and just being with him. I'm no longer with him, I'm somewhere else. Yeah, you're somewhere else. Why, mm-hmm. why do you think that connection exists? Like why is it prayer as opposed to doing something else where we're sitting with him, right, I think- where distraction feels so powerful?
2: I think the hard part about prayer is you're communing with someone you can't see. Mm. And so if I'm sitting face to face with you, the distraction is not, there's not a hindrance to that. But because I can't see him and I'm talking to him, that's where I can easily go off somewhere else and forget that I'm interacting with the God of the universe. So I think a big one for me, I remember during COVID especially, my husband kept saying to our church, Prayer or Bible reading before phone, Hmm, because if you if I you know pick up my phone, I'm off somewhere else. But I think I forget sometimes I'm interacting with God and not just spewing my thoughts. And so it's easy for me in some ways to kind of walk away from Him. In a way, I wouldn't walk away from you if I'm sitting sitting across across the table from each other. Yeah, Yeah, I think
0: that's the hard part. Mm.
1: Yeah, is that how you experience it, Julie? I think the thing that, mine's slightly different, I think that definitely resonates, but something that kind of leaped out to me when I was listening to you talk is kind of how it's both proximity and presence, because I think, and I think they're linked, but I think that there can be, I can often trick myself into feeling like I'm praying, like I'm, I'm standing right next to, to God, but I'm really processing And so I'm distracted by my own like I'm almost like I'm withholding myself emotionally and I'm thinking about whatever I should be praying about. And so it's this like it's kind of like it made me think of the couple at the dinner table. Like I'm right next to you, but I'm not putting my heart on the table Mm -hmm. or I'm not really showing up to this moment and I'm leaning to like my own logic or whatever to kind of like work through this rather than choosing to enter into relationship and vulnerability yeah. with God in this moment. Yeah, that's good. I think
0: part of what I'm hearing from you is there's a a difference between thinking and praying. And I know for me that can feel very muddled. Like I will have thought about something so much and even thought about it kind of under the umbrella of I started the thinking with, you know, God, help me with this. But then it's it's more yeah. of just me thinking about it as opposed to I think the opposite of that might look like me really seeking him in it or, or turning things over to him in it or asking to hear from him in it. That's mm-hmm. very different than than just my sort of mental wheels processing something, even if I am saying them out loud or writing them down in a journal. But yeah. it, there, there does seem to be a nuanced difference between just thinking and praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to come down to my heart posture in that. Like, am mm-hmm. I actually am I? Am I thinking these things in order to make sense of something, or am I thinking these things in order to bring them to Mm -hmm. my God and Savior and friend, who I believe is actively listening Mm -hmm. and wants to engage with me on those things? Yeah.
1: I think it requires both. Like, we have to think about— Of course, right. But I so often— in like fear of vulnerability. I think it like un kind of like opens the door to a lot of relational stuff. It, like if this is ultimately about relationship between me and God, then like my resistance to truly like lean in in that way often reveals kind of like, oh, am I struggling to trust you with this? Am I afraid you're not going to answer? My Like it reveals a lot of things. Yeah. Are you also saying, Julie, that you struggle
2: to engage the emotional part of the relationship? Like, you're able to think about it and say factually, what here's what's happening, Lord. Mm-hmm. But you struggle to engage your emotions and say, maybe I feel sad about this or I feel uncertain or I feel angry. or
1: Yeah, that's definitely been something that I have had to, like, grow in because I think especially the, like – first couple of years of being a Christian, prayer was very like a place to perform, especially yes. in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Or like in trying to like, for the first time, how do I pray? Yeah. And being given like Matthew six, when Jesus like legitimately gives yeah. us the example of here's how you pray. And that me being a rule follower and feeling very like, oh, mm-hmm. I have all these subtasks. And so to like walk the bridge from like, this is something that I'm called to do, but this is also relational, and there's a way to do it, but it's also relational, has just been a journey. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, can totally yeah. relate with that. Mm-hmm.
2: It's hard because you feel like you're, you know what you should believe about God, and you know how, you know, it can become formulaic. You know how Jesus teaches us to pray, but it can become, like you said, the performance of, and so we we fear being Being honest with God in Mm -hmm. prayer because we know what we should believe about this, or we know what the end game is that we want to be able to trust Him. So we want to leap over the truth of how we feel and what Mm -hmm. we really need to talk about with Him to get to okay. I trust you. I'm going to trust you with this. Yeah. But we haven't even really been specific. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm saying we. I'm saying this is what I do. I haven't even really been specific with Him about how I feel. I can tell Him what's going on. I can tell Him what I want Him to do, but to really get to the feeling, I think is the key, has been the key for me in
1: it being a relational thing rather than a transactional or mm-hmm. robotic thing. I completely agree. And it's, it's exactly what I'm saying. I think I, I have a very vivid memory of the first time of being at a place in my life and just being like, I've got no other choice to than to just like tell you how I feel mm-hmm. and feeling some fear of like, are you going to leave? Like, prayer has become easier and more desirable. And, like, I can push through this distraction the more that, like, I have grown in, like, he's big enough for whatever I'm about to express yes. to you. I think that's why yeah. the Psalms
2: are so important because they give mm-hmm. us words. If you really read them and study them, some of the psalmists say some really hard things. Mm-hmm. Like I just was reading, I don't remember exactly which psalm it was, but he, he's praying, vindicate me, God. You know, that's, can, do I feel comfortable saying that to God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The psalmist gives me permission to say some some really painful, hard things. Yeah. So I think that's why the psalms are so important for us. I mean, just giving us
0: vocabulary for prayer yeah. that's at an emotional level. Yeah. and And a super helpful tool. Like you were saying that if you if you don't yet have the words, yes, that you know we we can talk about kind of the the practice of learning how to pray scripture, which is there's a lot of different kind of facets we can talk about how we pursue Jesus in prayer, but one of them is actually praying the word back to Him, mm-hmm. um, and that's not just some practice so that. You know, you know that you're saying the right thing and he's getting to hear it and sure he is glorified when we say true things about him. But beyond that, it's actually giving us language for things that we may not have language for yet. Because right. the Psalms, just like you said, are full of lament. They're full they're they're full of worship. They're full of questioning. They're full of, you know, declaring true things about God and in the same breath, like asking for the faith to believe those things. Yes. So yeah, and really an incredible, good. an incredible resource for all of us. One of the things, I think the, the main thing we've touched on right now is, is the, the role of distraction to our prayer lives. I think it's also important to hit a little bit that part of the reason prayer is so important is that it actually helps us fight the distraction more generally just to our faith, right? So I, when I say that, I mean that there is a lot that if I'm not um, sort of paying attention to or in tune mm-hmm. with the Spirit, in tune with God about what He's doing in my life— even with circumstances, that if I'm not doing that in prayer, I will be distracted by whatever reality I'm seeing play out in front of me. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's somewhat, it's somewhat similar to our conversation last week about truth and lies, right? So there are things in this world that will distract me from what it means to follow Jesus um, with faith and joy and in obedience. And if I'm not connected to the spirit in prayer, not only will I be – not only does not only is distraction a distraction in prayer, it's actually a distraction from, like, living an abundant life in Jesus because mm-hmm. I'm not connected, you know, very John 15. Like, I am not connected to the vine, and that's how we do that. So it's – we can talk about distraction both as it relates to the obstacle to prayer but also the broader obstacle to our faith
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we are trying to combat through prayer. When you think about kind of the distractions of the world – What does that make you think as far as how prayer fits into that?
2: Well, I think we could go to the obvious things like our phones and all that. But I think for Christians, it's often things that we don't think about. And so what is the instinctual response when I, let's say, feel a need or I feel like, for example, last night, I sort of panicked about one of my kids. And I felt this overwhelming just flood of Oh, no. You know, am I failing him? What do I do? And I kind of sat in that for a moment until I realized I can take this to God. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes me a while to go. I don't have to figure it out myself. Yeah, I can take this to God. He is my refuge, my safe. He is safe for these concerns. And not only is he safe, but he his character There's things about his character that I know that scripture tells me that he is powerful and that he can act in this situation. And so I can call upon the one who can act. But so I think the distraction is kind of our instinctual natural responses that we don't even think about. Mm
0: -hmm. For me,
2: it's Mm -hmm. it's control. It's I can figure this out. If I just come remain calm, come up with a plan act that plan then everything will be okay. That's not turning to refuge. That's turning to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody has their own little, you yeah, know, for sure, ruts that we get into where we just don't even think about it. Yeah. That's mine yeah. at least. I don't know yeah. Julie what yours would be.
1: I think are just one that is easy i resonate with everything that you just said especially the control and i think that links back to kind of like how i started my first answer is like it's like how can i figure this out but i think one that i see in myself and in other people and just culturally is the turn to other people because mm-hmm. uh, i think in moments like that maybe we're desiring to turn inward to ourself but i think because we're relational we want to turn to someone outside of ourselves, and we're so easily or like, I'm going to text this friend or I'm yeah. going to call this friend. And that is like a good thing. Um, but I do think that people can get in the way of us going to God in prayer with like, it's because like you said, a person is visible and it's easier and you get a response and it just like feels easier and more comfortable and less complicated.
0: Yeah. It's, it's always painful when this happens, but it in light of what you just said, Julie, it's a gift when we are let down to some degree by the people that we live life with, mm-hmm. because it reminds us that we, we can't expect things of them that should only be expected, you know, of God. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so as, as hard as that is, it's often a really, it's a grace to be reminded that first and foremost, we need him. First and foremost, we have to be present and intimate with him. Because there are things that he can and will do in us that just can't be replaced by even the best, right? I mean, all the the relationships that are the best in each of our lives are just shadows of what it is to be intimate and in community with Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: so I think being we talked about the couple at the table. I think that's a great example. If we're if we're let's say we're going on our twentieth wedding anniversary date, you know, we're going to be thinking about specific things to go in intentionally. Let's let's talk about the past and the good things. Let's talk about the hard things. How has God been faithful? I think the same is true for us with our with our prayer life is we have to be somewhat intentional with that. That hmm. So let's say with my example of with my son, I know now what my natural instinct is. And sometimes it takes a moment before it clicks in my mind You're doing it again, Christine, right? And so being intentional about what am I going to do when when something comes up and I feel that panic or I feel discouraged or I feel whatever, what am I going to do? I want to be intentional to turn to God and to look. I keep a list of God's attributes in my Bible that I can go to and like what is true about him? What specific attribute can I Can I call upon him right now in this worry or this concern that I have? But it's just choosing ahead of time. What am I going to do when I face that kind of crossroads decision?
0: Yeah, that's a really great picture of like bringing your whole self, you know, into the spiritual discipline in the sense of it, it, it's the discipline of prayer is something that we're called to as believers, but there are going to be some ways that each of us need to be encouraged or challenged in how we pursue that um, because of our stories, our context, how mm-hmm. we're wired and what's going on in our lives that we we have to, and, and even the, the type of accountability you might need from, you know, your accountability partner, your spouse, your friends, you know, your small group is going to look different based on just where you're naturally going to run away and how you're naturally inclined to run towards him. Yes. Let, let's talk for a minute about some specific rhythms, right? And again, these are going to these can and should look different for all of us because we are not the same person. But there can also be some real threads of things that are helpful um, for each of us and just how we pursue rhythms because the challenges are are the same, right? We we all face challenges of whether it's apathy or schedules or just not even knowing like how um, or feeling like we're we're starting out alone. Um, if if this is a discipline that you haven't pursued before, Um, some of those challenges are shared across the board. So I'd love to hear from each of you just kind of what do some of the actual rhythms in your life look like to pursue Jesus in prayer? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think if it's not maybe a little obvious from what I've shared so far, prayer is a spiritual discipline that is for sure kind of a fight to get to for me. And some seasons it's easier, some it's harder, Um, but just some like very practical ways that that looks like for me right now is uh journaling for a couple of minutes um in the morning and in the evening starting and finishing my day Mm -hmm. with actual written words just because i've learned if we're talking about that emotional piece and like not only being in proximity but actually truly being present and leaning in um, i can express myself better on with pen and paper and i stay on track and i can say what i mean better and so that has been really helpful to me. Um, I read about a year ago, um, A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Mm-hmm. And that one. has really helped me in just kind of like these quick, shorter exchanges with God throughout my day. Like I like the, this image that we keep going back to the couple at the table. Cause I do think that there's like a right time to sit down very intentionally with God and interact and ask questions and share and that kind of thing. But then if we're really thinking about relationships as just across the board, we have like these like moment to moment interactions throughout our day that is also building into intimacy and entering into relationship. And so I've really been trying to flex that muscle of like, I'm walking into this podcast recording and I'm feeling a little spent and a little bit on fumes. God help me. Mm -hmm. Like spirit, please like give me the words to say, help me speak, speak with clarity. And so just trying to flex that muscle and then also just a huge natural rhythm that I have because I have a dog is that I typically go on a 30 or 45 minute walk in the evening and have really been trying to not take headphones and to not listen to a podcast and to not like fill that time with something that is a distraction um, and to really enter in to prayer with God in that moment. And I think one thing that has made that easier is the fact that I'm physically moving my body mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, connection and there. so like, it's, it, it's helping me connect to God, to myself, and like to reality, to move my body and to be praying at the same time.
0: That's good. I mean, You're, you're taking advantage of all of the realities in your life, right? So, and, and making the most of them to help them like, bring you to Him, mm-hmm. which is really sweet to hear.
2: Julie stole all of mine. I truly <laughs> do
0: exactly what she does. Do you said. have a dog too?
2: No. Oh. But going for a walk yeah. and praying, I'm the weird lady who's talk I mean, I I would say a key for me is saying the words out loud, out loud. that I'm praying. Mm-hmm. And so going for a walk and just talking to God or in the car instead of turning on music, talking to God. I mean, mm-hmm. my kids are older now. I don't have kids in the car. And so I have alone time and I can talk to him about. About things. So, but journaling is a huge one, and I've been Mm -hmm. doing it for so long now that it is so wonderful to look back. I just recently, in the past year, reread several years of journals, Mm. and I could see, oh my goodness, God has answered so many things, or He has really grown me in an area I never thought I would be able to grow in. And so having that record is like a record of his faithfulness more mm-hmm. so than it is a record of my prayers. So I'm so glad that I've done that. I hope mm-hmm. nobody ever reads them, you yeah. know, but I'm so thankful that I have that that record of talking to him. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's great. Yeah, I think my, my answer is really similar to both of you guys. I, I loved back when we were studying Nehemiah one of the first sermons talked about how he kind of shot up that first prayer before he went into the yes. king and it was such a good reminder of what you were saying Julie mm-hmm. that in relationships we do have there you know there's the equivalent of date night there's the equivalent of the 20 year trip but there's also just the equivalent of the text throughout the day right mm-hmm. the quick check in at the end of the day how did that go and so actually remembering that he that his ear is always inclined to me and that that I don't have to have Something put together. I do not have to have. I think I have struggled in thinking that I need to understand what it is I'm thinking or wrestling with before I bring that to him. And so it's, it's all the thinking yeah. before actually. And I can I can actually and it's actually better if he gets the very raw version of it um, where I'm still kind of working through even what it is that we're talking about. That feels very uncomfortable for me, but that's mm-hmm. but he is the safest place for that. Mm-hmm. And so again, I find I find journaling really helpful for that. It often goes in circles, mm-hmm. and I just start where I didn't think you know I end mm-hmm. in a different place than I thought I was going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but then also taking advantage of of car time has been in this season of life for me. I think mm-hmm. like you, Christine, like a, a new opportunity, mm-hmm. which has been really yeah. sweet. <laughs> I
2: would also add that we're, we talked about emotional connection at the beginning. Something that's been helpful for me is to be able to name an exact word of how I feel. And Mm -hmm. I also keep a list of soul words or emotion words. I know that sounds really juvenile, but I think we are not always taught how to acknowledge and name our emotions. And sometimes we think that they're bad as Christians, but God has created us as emotional beings. And to be able to name a very specific emotion, not just I feel sad, but I feel defeated Mm -hmm. or I feel, you know, uncertain or whatever it is. To be able to name that and then to take that specific thing to God really has opened up an intimacy with God because then he can remind me of truth I know from scripture about that speaks to that specific thing or attributes about him, as I mentioned earlier. But I think that that's an key mm-hmm. that I'm learning currently yeah. in my prayer life that's been really fruitful
0: yeah mm-hmm. I love that and keep keep the keep it in your Bible like yeah. make that mm-hmm. easy for yourself like the things mm-hmm. that are hard for ourselves to do if we can find the tips and tricks you know to make it easier mm-hmm. then that's I love that
1: mm-hmm. really quick because I have to know do you guys have a specific journal and pen
0: that you <laughs> always have to
1: use I just use those cheap composition notebooks from
2: the grocery store. Nice, nice. They have uh, lots of room.
0: I have an overabundance of old <laughs> mm-hmm. um, women's retreat journals. I knew this was going to be your answer. It's kind of <laughs> <And, laughs> why I asked. So, I, no joke. I don't think I have taken notes or had a prayer journal that wasn't in a retreat journal in eight years. Mm. So, but they are, you know, they are the perfect size, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's my journal. I don't have a specific pen though.
1: That's a plug. It sounds like you do. I do. It sounds like you
0: have a very specific Mm -hmm. situation.
1: I specifically use sketch journals instead of actual, like... Oh.
0: No lines. No lines.
1: How do you keep it straight? (laughs) I don't know. Just eye it, you know? But I like the feel of the paper of a sketchbook more than... And it, your ink doesn't smear. So it's just, oh. it's great. I'm a little flexible on the pen, but it's got to be a sketchbook.
0: All right. Well, ladies, find, find the journal and pen situation you like best.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or I was going to say, that's a plug for to come to Women's Retreat. Right. You can get a journal. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a great yeah. journal.
0: That's true. Okay. Let's talk for a minute about the very real reality of when you find yourself in a dry season, when a couple of days have gone by and you realize you really haven't prayed. You really haven't sat with God in that way. What does that look like? What do you turn to? What do you need when those seasons happen?
2: I think the hardest times for me to pray are when I'm in a long season of suffering, where I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over, and I don't see God acting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a, there's some points where I've thought, well, what's the point? And mm. where is he? Is he listening? Does he see and it's hard to continue to ask him for things when you aren't sure that you can you can say yes, that he sees, that he hears. And so I found those to be really difficult times. At the same time, I found I look back at those times and I see them as bittersweet times, that hmm. those were the times where I really – God showed me himself in ways that I didn't expect or – you know, I was asking for one thing, but he was doing another, and it was really good, and yeah. eventually I could see that. So I find those to be the, the hardest times, and that's where, to me, the psalms come in. I read a psalm a day, and once I get to then, I start over, because I just feel like, and I read other things too, but always a psalm a day, because I just feel like there are times where I don't have the words, mm-hmm. and I need I need the words, and I also need permission to say, how long, oh, Lord, you know, or those kinds of things. And so the Psalms have just become very, very pivotal for me in those times. And uh, I just I'm thankful that God has held me through those th- those times and that I've continued on. I've continued to go to him. I mean, where else? It's like, Peter, where else yeah. can I go? Right. You have the words of life. So I haven't given up, but there have been times where I've felt
0: like, well, what's the point? Yep. You've said a couple of things that made me think about this resource. I'm wondering if you've ever come across it, Christine. But there's a really great little book called Teach Me to Feel, um, Worshipping Through the Psalms in Every Season of Life. It's by Courtney Rice. Yes, I have. And, guys, I can't recommend it enough. It kind of combines what Christine was saying about knowing very specifically some words for some of the feelings that we have that we may not know how to name, but then also a great example of how the Psalms actually do speak to all of those. Mm -hmm. And so it's taking different emotions and actually showing you how they're rooted in the Psalms and how psalmists experiencing those emotions prayed those things back to God. Mm -hmm. So if you're you're feeling like you need a, a place to start with some of that, maybe outside of the different models for prayer that, you know, we've talked about generally with, you know, giving um, adoration and confession Mm -hmm. and thanksgiving and supplication, which is still like a great way to kind of think about our prayer life. This would be a resource Mm -hmm. I would recommend to people. It's a great book. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think also sometimes when I don't know what to pray or I feel like giving up, just praying the Psalms out loud or even some of the prayers like Colossians where Paul's praying for the saints and his specific words just – Saying that those verses out loud as prayers for the times when we just don't know what to say anymore or we don't know how to pray for someone that we love, who we're concerned about. Yeah. It, just praying those words has really helped me too,
0: especially mm-hmm. when it gets re- when we feel like it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really helpful.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Julie?
1: I think kind of like the soil of the drier season is pretty similar to yours, Christine. And I think what that typically looks like is like I'm struggling to trust God or I feel like he's not answering. And what that can like manifest itself into is I think there's a period of avoidance for me. I think I kind of don't lean in and address it and kind of hold back and feel the bitterness or the doubt or that kind of thing. And then it often looks like coming and journaling like pages I don't typically find myself in the place where I don't have the words to say to God. It's more so like I need I need to say them and we need to have this moment of vulnerability and then what I need or where I need to go is I need to be reminded of who God is. Mm-hmm. Like In that moment, it's coming back to God's character for me and who I'm praying to Mm -hmm. and being encouraged and reminded of who he is. Mm -hmm. It's just
0: such an important connection between even what we talked about in the last episode, that if we aren't reminding ourselves through the word of who he is and what his promises are, then our prayers are likely to feel like they're missing something, Mm -hmm. right? They're they're going to feel like it's just us thinking because we're not able to really picture him on the other side of that like a god who is fill in the blank right we have to know him from the word in order to know who we're talking to and that does impact what we what we share and how we feel like he is responding to us in prayer so that's really good okay couple last questions favorite resources favorite things We've talked about some journals. We've talked about getting your, you know, favorite mm-hmm. pen, um, mm-hmm. but but other resources that you would recommend to someone who is, let's just say, maybe wanting to take an additional step in obedience in kind of intentionally pursuing Jesus through prayer,
1: mm-hmm. kind Anything of like the two or buckets that I feel like I've kind of hit on in what prayer like tangibly looks like is more so in in, like starting of like how do I pray what like what is intercession what is supplication what do these words mean prayer by prayer literally that's the title by Timothy Keller was really helpful Mm -hmm. and then kind of in the other bucket of like more throughout my day less still intentional but less like focused longer period of prayer that has been really helpful um, has been and I already mentioned it a praying life by Paul Miller and then non-book resources, there's a sermon series by Bridgetown Church called Teach Us to Pray that mm-hmm. has been really good. And then also John Mark Comer just started practicing the way where he's legitimately walking through the practice of spiritual disciplines and the one on prayer comes out in January. So haven't personally tested it, but have walked through his Sabbath one and am excited for That's it.
0: That's a podcast episode mm-hmm. or video podcast.
1: Podcast, yeah. Great. Great.
0: I
2: would concur with A Praying Life by Paul Miller. I will confess, I do not choose to often read books on prayer because I'm like, ah, oh, it feels, I don't know, this yeah. I, this is the one spiritual discipline that feels a little bit, I don't know, maybe like I'm always failing at it. And mm-hmm. so I don't often choose to read resources on that, <laughs> which maybe I should. But I have read A Praying Life and I thought that it was excellent, as Julie was talking yeah. about. I think one of the biggest uh, ways of growth for me with prayer is just being in prayer with people who are, I would say, gifted in, mm. I don't know, that's a, that's not a spiritual gift listed in scripture, but people who love to pray, and you, there's something about, I have a friend who is this person, the way she prays is so full of faith, so she likely has the gift of faith, mm. but being in prayer with her and listening to the things that she requests of God the eagerness and the passion with which she prays, it's not robotic. She is interceding to the Father in front of me. And that that example and people like her, that's how I have grown more in prayer. Like I want to pray like that,
0: mm. yep. believing that God is listening and he hears me. Well, it's no surprise that that Jesus in teaching us how to pray didn't he didn't teach in the way that we think about someone instructing, like okay, here are the steps. Although those can be helpful, he gave an example, like mm-hmm. he prayed, um, and that was how he taught his disciples. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sitting but sitting next to someone who is actively doing that and you can see their faith is really encouraging. Christine, that was actually my last question for you guys both was, what does this look like in community? Mm. Because while the spiritual disciplines are ones that we all need to pursue individually. There is also a communal aspect to to mm-hmm. all of the ones that we're talking about. And so corporate prayer is, it's addressed separately in scripture at times. I mean, there is an assumption that Christians will pray together. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to both reflect on what that looks like, what you find really sweet about it. And yeah, any final words of encouragement?
2: Mm-hmm. We've talked about the vulnerability of prayer with Jesus, but I think there's something very vulnerable about praying with someone, not in a, oh, let's close this class with a prayer. But I'm sitting with a friend and we're talking about something that we're concerned about, or one of us is struggling. And that friend saying, let's pray together. Yeah, that seems to me, that's very vulnerable. Yeah. But but that's where the good stuff is, right? In terms of communal prayer, is just like, there have been times where I don't have the faith, but for my friend who's praying for me, I hear her faith and her hope and it encourages my own. Yeah, I think that is one of the, it's not, that's not the point of the prayer, but the, the side effect of praying communally is sometimes we don't have the hope, but we can hear it in other people's voices and they're calling upon God in ways we might not be able to, or we don't have the words for, or even sometimes the way they say things is differently That it it opens doors for us mentally of oh I can be praying that way Mm -hmm. too I didn't even think about that Mm -hmm. so I think it's just Mm -hmm. it's a gift that God has given us but it's a vulnerable thing yeah that it's Mm -hmm. hard sometimes to do
1: yeah I think in hearing your question the (laughs) the thought that came into my mind was prayer and community looks a lot like courage Mm. because I think throughout my faith and walk with Jesus, it's been like, how do I become obedient to those prompts throughout my day when I feel like I need to pray with this person or like I need to ask for prayer? Because I think it can feel a little bit like, oh, that's the Christian thing to say, or oh, this is now awkward because I asked to pray for you and just kind of pressing through that Mm -hmm. and being like, no, why would we not invite God into this? Mm -hmm. Kind of pressing back those lies. I think this plays out largely in LTG for me, whether we're together or we're not together, but it's reaching out for, like, how can I pray for you? Or here's how I need prayer today. And then I think, in a very, like, moment of pe- bodies in a room in a time of prayer, is my MC on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, we fight to close in a good amount of prayer. Mm. And so that has been a really sweet time for us. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the idea of what you just said of like being sort of quick to respond to those little prompts that you feel the Spirit say. I mean, how how many of us are guilty? Um, I will confess, I certainly am of, of being the one to say, I will pray for you, hmm. right? And that's not actually happening. And how much more likely would it be to happen if I just said, can I pray for you right now? Yes. Like, let's yeah. stop and pray. Yeah. So even even as, as just a way to make myself not be a liar, um, but also the gift of them actually of that other person getting to hear that prayer and be encouraged by it in the moment, not just knowing theoretically that someone says they're praying mm-hmm. for them, which may or may not even happen. I would love to – I know for me personally, like the idea of growing in responding in the moment to pray like that yeah. um, or to, and to ask for it. When someone's like, can I pray for you? I'm like, yeah, actually, could we just pray right now?
1: Mm-hmm. Like I
0: really could – I could use yeah. prayer like in this moment and that being super scary to ask for but mm-hmm. ultimately really life-giving.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Persia, who was on episode one, kills it she, at this. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's great at she it. She does that really so well. So is Darby, who we also work with.
0: It's it's also I think a piece of prayer and community that has been really freeing for me is the experience of we all want to be the the friend, you know, the sister, the accountability partner, or the spouse that that has the things to say when someone is sitting across me wrestling with something or grieving right and there's and there is grace for that and there is gifting that god gives and and grace that the spirit gives in those moments to offer counsel and wisdom and and that that's good and beautiful but it also has a limit and i think it's been really helpful for me to as someone who I, I want to be able to ha- have the perfect thing to say to someone and man you, you get into plenty of situations and it's like I just I there's I don't have anything to offer right now that hurts my pride but then in the moment of actually being able to say we'm I'm, I'm just gonna pray now like with you I, I don't know what else to say this is so broken this is so hard I'm so devastated for or with you I, I'm just gonna pray and I think that is there's there's a, a humility in that that is uncomfortable, but it's inviting him into a situation that I, I'm acknowledging. I can't do it. Like my, in my humanity, I have nothing to offer here. Mm-hmm. And I think as I have experienced that from other people where they have, you know, we're in a dialogue or a conversation about something or someone's in tears and I see that person just say, I, I don't know what else to say. So we're, we're, we we have to just pray now, mm-hmm. is is really freeing because it, in that moment, whether you're the person saying that or the person kind of receiving those prayers, it's rightly acknowledging that you know the the care of of us for one another is very powerful, but we are not God. That's right, and we cannot be Him. And so when when you feel like I don't have anything left to give in this moment, as opposed to ending the conversation and saying, well, I'll be I will be praying for you, there's there's a there's a really beautiful option to say, you no. Know, in desperation, I'm actually going to sit here and pray with you right now because mm-hmm. – and that may just mean – it may mean tears <laughs> for a while, right? There may not actually be words until the Spirit gives them, but I, I think as I have witnessed that, it has encouraged me and made me want to be a person of prayer in that way mm-hmm. um, where I'm just more – I'm more willing to come to him in those moments of what feel kind of like desperation. Mm -hmm. It's much more likely to happen in community. And Mm -hmm. that's a gift.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good to remember we have access to the one who can handle the things that concern us or worry us or hurt us. And Mm -hmm. he truly is our refuge. And we can go to him at any moment of our day and
1: request that he act on our behalf. Yep. What a gift that is that yep. we can do that with yep. our God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As negatively as you mentioned, that rubs against my pride to not have the words to say that totally resonates with me. But as I listen continue to listen to you talk, it's so freeing. yeah that in this moment, I don't have to have the answer. Right. like And if I did and I messed it up, then it's like still not on me. like yeah, yeah, yeah. so
0: that's right. That's right.
1: Thank you guys.
0: Thank you guys Thank you. for Thank leaning you. in and talking about mm-hmm. what's hard and um, what's beautiful, but just the realities of, of what it looks like to be women who want to be women of prayer. And I think are are growing in being women of prayer, but certainly need each other to continue to encourage us to that, remind remind each other why that's important and that mm-hmm. ultimately like we we do get Jesus on the other side of it and so it's worth fighting for. Yes. It's worth telling your accountability partner that you're struggling mm-hmm. in this area. Like it's worth having those conversations. Mm-hmm. So, I really appreciate both of you. In our next episode, we're going to talk about something that we we really can't talk about without it being covered in prayer because it's so counter to our flesh, right? The idea that we would confess and repent sin with one another, we can't do that without being reminded that there is grace for us and that Jesus is who he says he is, but it is how we fight so much of what is fighting against us. We do that in community through confession and repentance. So we're going to dive into that topic next week. Friends, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you'll join us in the next episode where we talk about confession and repentance. I also hope you are signed up for Women's Retreat. Registration is still open. We would love to have you with us for the whole weekend where we really get to dive into all of the ways that Jesus is our refuge. We love you guys.